Hi, I'm Michael Cashew. And I'm Adi Cashew, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development. Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships. We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. Hey, and welcome to the show. Today, we're talking about emotional eating. We're talking about why all of us or almost all of us will deal with this at some point in our life. And we're going to talk about some specific strategies for overcoming it. The way the reason that we are recording this episode is because a few days ago or a few weeks ago, rather, a D came to me and she said, hey, I want to point something out. I think I noticed something. And she said, at the end of every night, I noticed that you always make yourself some sort of dessert. And usually- It's not even a dessert sometimes. It's like just like another sweet treat or like a an extra meal, basically. Yeah. And usually I'm, I'm trying not to eat real sugar. And so it's like a, it's a, a dessert wannabe. Like a toast it, with peanut butter. And, and maybe honey, yeah. <laughs> which I might as well have sugar. It ends up being like a- a lot of calories right before bed. <laughs> right and before. Anyway, as it's coming out of her mouth, I start dying laughing because I was like, oh my God, I'm busted. I've been trying, <laughs> like a lot of times I'm trying to sneak it. I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want her to see. And I was busted. But you're not being that sneaky. You're like doing it right in front of me. Yeah. But sometimes I sneak. Yeah. <laughs> we all do that sometimes. Yeah. So that's why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. because I'm a sneaker yeah, and, and because we all deal with this. Most people, and if it's not with food, you're probably experiencing it in some other capacity. Whether Self-medication. It's, for some people, it's actually not eating food. It's like resisting food. And that's what gives them that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some people close to us that they get the same feeling as we get from overeating as like extra resistance. Like I'm I am not going to eat that. And it gives them the same like satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it's it's still reasonably compulsive versus serving you. And why we're talking about this is because it is diving into talking about it makes it okay in a lot of ways and normal. And it doesn't mean... I think keeping it in and not talking about it can lead to just being completely unaware of the fact that we even do this. Um, It makes it really hard to stick to your plan because you're like just stuck in this habit of doing this thing that sabotages your program where, you know, if we can have a conversation of making ourselves even aware that we're even doing this allows us to then be like, okay, I need to come up with strategies to overcome the fact that I eat something after every dinner mm-hmm. when I'm already full and don't need to be having it. So it can lead to sticking to your plan better, building self-awareness and getting to know your own emotional patterns so that you can help avoid this continuing to happen. It can also help you avoid sabotaging yourself right? You're, you're so committed and motivated on your plan. 
but you just have these long conditioned patterns of feeling certain things and using food to cope with it. Mm -hmm. So emotional eating is simply using food to cope with different emotions, anxiety, fear, sadness, et cetera. We have some examples like going to a wedding and having 150 people around you and not really knowing anyone, you may feel some social anxiety and you may be like me and go to the buffet and try to get try to cover that feeling of anxiety and tension in the chest with getting as full as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I think there's this other thing too with that, where if you're eating, you don't have to be talking and you're like having a thing to do. So it doesn't look weird. It's that person sitting alone, not just like sitting there twiddling their thumbs. They're sitting there eating. It's like, oh, okay, cool. They're just having their meal. That's why they're sitting over there. Not, oh, that person's alone and they don't have any friends we think that it gives us like a purpose um, and it can settle a lot of that anxiety. Or in breakups, we use food to cover up loneliness and sadness. Mm -hmm. Um, Just sitting around the house, we use this to avoid feeling boredom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it definitely, I was talking to my parents a while back. Um, Michael and I went on a backpacking trip with them and I was talking to them about, you know, why they had mentioned that every single time I cried as a baby, the first thing my dad would do is say, oh, she's hungry, try and feed her. And I thought about that and I've heard this before that that like pattern of I'm feeling discomfort, I'm trying to communicate something, now I'm going to have food. You're making this connection between discomfort, chaos and food soothing you because food does have a soothing effect. Mm -hmm. And so it's especially certain types of food, they're going to trigger certain things in your brain and the release of certain chemicals in your brain, which do in fact actually soothe you. And so like reinforcing that pattern then can start all the way from being a newborn baby. Mm -hmm. And I I shared this with you, I think a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about this with our mutual friend, Evan, and he said, the reverse works as well. Anytime we feel, let's say sad, we feel sad and then we eat a bunch of sweets to cope with that. Over time, we're actually, if especially if we do it at the same time, like maybe, we, I don't know, this is so arbitrary, but we feel sad every night and then we, yeah. <laughs> and then we eat chocolate every That's night. That's what happens to you? No, it is not. But <laughs> you could imagine if it did. We are also conditioning ourselves to feel sad. Mm -hmm. So we're not just conditioned to have the sweets. We're also conditioning ourselves to have these feelings at the same times of day or the same, you know, during certain events, because if every time our body knows to like a a dopamine hit is coming, if I create this emotion, our body's going to create the emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're just messing ourselves up over here. And that is something I've personally dealt with a lot. Um, I know it's something that you've dealt with too. Um, So let's talk about, well, first, before we get into like how-tos, I would love to just say that a lot of these how-tos is to explore, you know, where is this starting? What's the core of what's going on? How can I stop this in its tracks and find a new momentum in a different direction? And Like, why am I actually doing this? And I just want to say that sometimes you don't have to know 
why you're doing something in order to just change your behavior. Just acknowledging that this behavior isn't serving you. It's not positive for you. It's actually leading you away from your goals. It's having a negative impact on your life. Just that you can take action to change it. And you can use some of these strategies to do that without fully comprehending what and why it's even happening. Mm -hmm. So we've got seven different things for you to try. Number one is when you notice this pattern, this algorithm playing out, this desire to emotionally eat, try to pause and take 10 minutes to really sit and ask yourself if you're really hungry or if you're just trying to cope with some emotion. Taking, I mean, in 10 minutes is a long time. 10 minutes would give you enough time to actually go and start doing something else. And that would probably distract you enough to not forget the fact that you even wanted to eat. 10 minutes is, is a, is a while. And I feel that happens to me a lot where I want to just eat more because I actually find like being a little overfull, like a really comforting feeling. And I'll want to do that. And, um, if I just get away from it enough and distract myself, I totally forget about it. And then I'm over the feeling. Um, I also, uh, number two is going to be to prepare with emergency snacks. So something that you put is, snack packs, I think snack packs. I thought I was your snack pack. No, <laughs> Do you even know the reference. <laughs> no, I don't know the reference. Of what course I don't know the reference. Over? I don't You're know. Like, I thought what you a were weirdo. Just, I was, <laughs> it's off of Billy Madison. <laughs> I didn't remember. Oh, it was like the pudding snack packs. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get it, but I was just like, what? I was about to say when this was off, like, what a weird joke, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, emergency snack packs. So having something readily available that can give you the sensation of just like chewing or, you know, eating that is uh, not something that's like as temptation, as tempting for you. Um, For me, something that's super tempting would be chocolate, where something that's less tempting would be a piece of fruit. And so having something easy to access that's ready to go. Uh, but that would be, in, what would be in your snack pack? Probably beef jerky. Oh. Those little tomato, ch- cherry tomatoes that you've been getting. I love mm. eating just straight up cherry tomatoes. Some people think I'm super weird, but just like they're grapes. I love yeah, eating they're, cherry they're pretty tomatoes. Bomb. I love that. Maybe that, those seaweed snacks. Oh guys, seaweed snacks, dried seaweed, get the teriyaki flavor so good i don't know if i'd say so good but i think they're so good it's almost like eating nothing (laughs) (laughs) they're like five calories but it's something crunchy yeah and you don't want to overdo it on seaweeds they're so good i think they're so good i have one every day (laughs) okay number three is to ask am i really hungry i think this is a really common one that's been said often but if you I would recommend saying it out loud, like not just thinking it in your head because I feel like you can just override that very fast. But if someone is near you saying something out loud, like, am I really hungry right now? Tweet and it. And then <laughs> tweet it, DM me. I, I'm, I'll check it once a week. <laughs> but send somebody a message and be like, am I really hungry right now? And if you really check in, you know, think about, And if you want to take it to the next level, don't just think, am I really hungry? But when was the last time I ate? How much did I eat? And does it make sense for me to be hungry right now? Just to like real, and if you are, if the answer is yes, then eat. Mm -hmm. If you're saying I'm really hungry right now and the food choice that you have is chips, it's 
probably not because you're really hungry because chips is not a filling thing. It's actually going to make you want more. The saltiness, the crunchiness, it's, 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 you can't, that's why the, the Lay's tagline was you can't have just one, bet you can't have just one. It's because, was it Lay's? I think it was Lay's. I have no idea. But there's a chip company that their tagline is bet you can't have just one because it's not meant to satiate uh-huh. you. Is that Pringles? I don't think it was that's Pringles. Pop the top. Something that's about pop the top. top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is number three. Yeah. A lot of these things are simply about interrupting a pattern. Mm-hmm. Just, becoming the watcher of our thoughts and emotions for a second rather than being swept away by them and thinking that we are them. Yeah. Number four is to start noting any patterns around you when you're emotionally eating. So this could be any common people. Is it a common situation? Like, you know, on a Monday when starting the work week, is it particularly stressful? And that's when you eat more. And the purpose of starting to note these patterns is so that you can be prepared ahead of time. Okay, usually on Mondays, I get more and more stressed and that leads to me overeating. So now I'm going to prepare for Monday in a different way that can help me minimize the likelihood that that's going to happen. Or I'm gonna hang, when I hang out with these people, they, I feel socially anxious and usually they're eating pizza and drinking beer. So I just eat pizza and drink beer because it helps me deal with the social anxiety. Preparing for that ahead of time can allow you to be like, okay, I know this might happen. I'm going to have a game plan for how to do it differently. Doesn't mean you don't have to hang out with these people. That would make it a lot easier. But if you still are going to hang out with these people, you can strategize for ways to uh, make it more manageable. Mm -hmm. Another one, number five, is notice what foods you tend to go for and make them harder to access. So in James Clear's book, which is, it's called Atomic Habits, the best habit content I've ever read in my life, he says to make, break a bad habit, a couple things are make it hard and make it invisible. So if usually the cookies that you keep eating are right there on the uh, on the counter, right? They're really accessible. You're walking by them constantly. Maybe you move them to the top corner of your pantry. So you have to go further out of your way. You have to get on your tippy toes and really reach up there to grab them. And you're not seeing them. So you won't think about them nearly as much. Yeah. Someone once said to me, you have to resist cookies once at the grocery store and multiple times a day at your house. And the just resisting it the one time is easier than resisting it over and over and over again. Which means if you don't get them in the first place, then you don't have to resist them a bunch at your house. Exactly. Exactly. A couple more. I tried this one that was recommended by a life coach named Brooke Castillo, and it's called uh, an urge jar. It's taking a little, like a cup or a jar and getting beads or beans or I think I had little pebbles And every time I would resist an urge to eat something that wasn't according to my plan at the time, I would put in a little bead. bead. And if you get a certain amount, you can do 10, you can do 100, you can give yourself some sort of reward. I never, I don't think I ever made it to the reward because I was trying to do 100. But (laughs) for a while, it really did work. I, I really didn't want to break the streak. It felt like this... I don't know, like I was getting a point in some way. It was like a little bit gamified. And what I think the urge jar does is that it 
makes tangible an experience that is actually invisible. So it's easier to notice when you give in to the temptations, but you don't count the number of times that you've resisted the temptation because it's happening internally. Mm -hmm. So the urge jar quantifies the number of times you've resisted that temptation and it can give you positive motivation. Like, oh my gosh, I'm doing a killer job. Look how many times I've resisted this temptation versus being so down on yourself the one time that you gave in to the temptation Mm -hmm. and that leading to just giving in and giving in and giving in, which I think is really cool. Yes, absolutely. And it keeps our attention on our intention. The intention is to start noticing these patterns. And every time we see our little jar, we remember, oh yeah, I want to be remembering and noticing these patterns, right? Rather than getting distracted and forgetting about it for too long. Yeah, it's the same thing. Another way of doing this would be to journal about your intention every single day in the morning. Journal about exactly what it is you want to be doing, uh, why and how, and or even just like, looking, reading uh, an intention that you've already written every morning. So it just brings it top of mind. And then lastly, number seven is notice a, notice your senses of urgency. Urgency is a kind of a childish version of ourselves. We all have urgency when we're growing up, this need for something right now, this um, impul- impulsivity. It's like the, what's that experiment with the marshmallow? The marshmallow test. The marshmallow test, but it was for delayed gratification. Uh Yeah, we all want the, we want to eat the marshmallow now. Yeah. As kids, we have no concept of time. And so we think if we can't have something right now, then we'll never, we'll never have it. Mm -hmm. And we are so driven by this impulsivity. As we become adults, this childlike, emotional state and behavior pattern still lives within us and we don't have to be driven by it. If we simply notice that we're feeling the sense of urgency around something, usually that is a, there's an unmet need. Maybe we're feeling lonely. We're feeling disconnected from people. We're feeling like not lit up about something in our life and maybe just bored in our life in general. And we're, we feel like we need food and some people go to substances or more work or gambling. We feel like we need that thing right now. And really number seven is all about just noticing that and seeing what happens in that experience. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's like a newer one for sure. Cool. Well, I hope this is helpful and it's keeping a top of mind for me today. So it's been helpful for me. Later. Thanks for joining us. Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.